Locked On Podcast Network and Bet Online present NFL Key Predictions. The local team experts of Locked On NFL give you the inside knowledge on the biggest games of the week and betting advice from the field's leading experts. You are Locked On NFL Key Predictions. Hey everyone and welcome into NFL Key Predictions. I'm Jordan Black. As week 13 rolls out, several teams find themselves looking for a win that'll push them toward a playoff berth, while others could find their postseason hopes on life support with a loss. We kick off our coverage in Philadelphia, where two teams that are playoff focused take the field. In the case of Tennessee, the Titans remain an example of what quality coaching and consistency can do for an NFL squad. They rely on smart play and an evolving usage of stud running back Derrick Henry and can see an AFC South title in reach. Philly may have stumbled a bit across the past few weeks, but remain a one-loss team. With a win, the Eagles would inch themselves closer to an NFC East title and a number one seed that affords them a playoff bye week in the postseason. Gino Camilleri from Locked on Eagles and Tyler Rowland from Locked on Titans previewed this matchup for us. In the prediction segment, man, I got to tell you, Titans fans always get pretty mad at me because I'm not someone who comes on here and picks the Titans to win every single game. I do want to say so far this year, though, Titans have played 11 games, and I'm 8-3 and three on my predictions. Oh, uh, so uh, I have, I feel like I have a pretty good bead on other teams and how the Titans will do against them. What it comes down to for me is stuff that we've hinted on before. I think the things that really break the Titans back as a defense is outside wide receiver matchups. And Philly, A.J. Brown, I mean... You know, we can talk about the Titans connection all we want, but the reality is whether he used to play for the Titans or not, it's still going to be a problem on Sunday because it hits at the Titans' biggest weakness on defense. Also, the Titans' biggest strength, so the biggest weakness is exploitable. The Titans' biggest strength on defense is that defensive line, but here's the reality. Titans aren't going to have Danico Autry, and he's probably the most underrated pass rusher in the NFL. Quite frankly, I think Brandon Thorne from The Athletic just put him number two on his underrated pass rusher list. In the NFL, Danico Autry is not going to play in this game because of a knee injury. And without Danico Autry, the only really impactful rusher that you have is Jeffrey Simmons. Now, some Titans fans will hear that and say, well, what about Bud Dupree? Well, what about Bud Dupree? Who went against Jonah Williams last week, the most vulnerable part of the Titans offensive line, and did essentially nothing. Bud Dupree is not a guy who I'm very high on, was never high on the move. He's not, he's he's garnish on the plate that makes the meal look better. He's not the meal. So, oh, he's a force multiplier. You're right, but he's not the force. The force was Jeffrey Simmons. The force is Danico Autry. The force is Harold Landry. So with Harold Landry being out for the entire season with the ACL that happened before the year started, with Danico Autry not playing in this game, Bud Dupree doesn't do enough to help Jeffrey Simmons, and Jeffrey Simmons is on a bum ankle. So the Titans' weakness is incredibly exploitable based on Philly's personnel. The Titans' biggest strength on defense is weakened. And the Eagles have a fantastic offensive line that would have been tough to pass rush against anyway, even if healthy. So I think the Titans' defense has to win them games because the Titans' offense, we know, cannot keep up with Philly's offense. They simply don't have the coaching or the personnel to do so. So the Titans' defense has to win them this game with a couple of turnovers and big plays. And just with the state of the Titans' defensive line, and then 
the realities of Philly's personnel, I cannot in any way pick the Titans to win this game. I think Philadelphia wins this game 31-16. to I think the Titans score one touchdown, get a couple of field goals on the board, but they just can't keep pace with Philly because Philly's just a much more talented roster and has much better coaching on the offensive side of the ball than the Titans could ever dream of unless Arthur Smith came back. So just too many disadvantages for the Titans. I think it's close in the first half, but Philly extends that lead in the third quarter, 31-17 Philly. Last week I was pretty spot on in my prediction of that Green Bay game, saying that if the Eagles gave them good field position and a Hall of Fame quarterback turns it on, they can stay in that game. And that's exactly what right. happened. So right. I'll be the devil's advocate to, to what you were saying there. If Tennessee can control time of possession – they don't turn the ball over, and they happen mm-hmm. to get a turnover from the Eagles' offense, that's what's mm-hmm. going to be interesting. Because yes. if this game ends agree. with Tennessee, let's say, 35, 37 minutes to the Eagles, 25 or mm-hmm. 23 minutes on offense, that could seriously change the tides. And we saw what Washington was able to do just pounding the rock with Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, picking up key third-down situations. Well, that was three weeks ago. And the Eagles have adapted in the last two weeks. They've been good Mm -hmm. situationally. They've been able to get Mm -hmm. off of the field. They've been able to win those one-on-one matchups. Darius Slay and James Bradbury are just playing at an exceptionally high level. Your concern is Derrick Henry. If Jonathan Gannon continues to be hard-headed and play that off-zone, like you said, play that too-high look, they will be susceptible to the play-action game when they bring guys Mm -hmm. down into the box to cover Derrick Henry. The middle of the field will be open against them. But... If the Eagles win their one-on-one matchups, they control the line of scrimmage, they dominate time of possession, which they have been shown to do with how good their offensive line is, and they pick up key third downs, they pick up third and shorts, they pick up fourth and shorts, Jalen Hurts controls the football, which he has done, and he plays at this MVP caliber level that we've seen in the last five quarters. Ty, no offense to you, I just think it's hard for any team to beat this Fair enough. team, yeah, let I agree. alone Tennessee. I mean, until they prove me wrong, until they go on a stretch where back in 2017, towards the end of the year, we didn't really know what they were when Carson mm-hmm. Wentz went out. I know their identity. I know that when they play a good football team that they're going to be tough to, to have any team beat them, even the Buffaloes and the Kansas Cities of the world. Tennessee right. is another one of those tests that you have to say, we have to beat a team that's been in the playoffs. We have to beat a quarterback that's won big games. He's been in an mm-hmm. AFC championship game. Derrick Henry is a proven all-pro caliber player. Jeffrey Simmons is a game wrecker. Like we said in the intro, can my horses beat your horses? That's been my thing all year long because I saw the Chip Kelly years where it was scheme over man-on-man matchups, Mm -hmm. how that didn't work, and what you were saying. Yeah, they might get the chess pieces right, but if you have a board full of, let's say, 22 queen chess pieces to 22 yep. pawns sometimes the 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 firepower is just gonna they're gonna outfire the other team and the way the eagles mm-hmm. offensive line has been playing they can subdue what bud dupree what jeffrey simmons can bring yep. and like you said you went against jonah williams well you're playing lane johnson and lane johnson yeah give me lane a break, johnson man. hasn't given up a sack since of uh, yeah. vietnam war at it's like point. the Bengals on steroids basically like oh, the, the titans couldn't beat the Bengals. And now they're playing a team that can do the exact same things better. 
You know, yeah. ma- ma- you know, maybe Philly isn't as good on defense, but they have much better cornerbacks. The Titans were only able to survive because they got a few big plays. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen against Philly's defense with the way they're built. So I- I'm on I'm on board with what you're saying about if the Titans win, it'll go this way. But I guess the real issue is I don't think the Titans will be able to run the ball. And if they can't, then that's just going to make it even easier for Philly to kind of take control. The Miami Dolphins sit atop the AFC East, and with Tua Tungavailoa healthy and under center, this is shaping up to be a special year for the Finns in Florida. On Sunday, they'll travel across the country to play Jimmy G and the 49ers. Now, while San Fran's record may not reflect it at the moment, they're as dangerous a team on both sides of the ball as any squad in the league. Kyle Krabs from Locked on Dolphins joins Brian Peacock from Locked on 49ers to look at this coast-to-coast bout. Dolphins offense. 49ers defense. I believe it's the number two offense in the NFL against the number one defense in the NFL. And that matchup of, you know, Bosa against, is it, you know, Brandon Shell? Is that who he's going to see a lot of? Is Teron Armstead going to play in this game? Uh, how much do they move him around? Can they, uh, and I, I think it's very similar to what you just laid out there with the, with the Dolphins defense, Kyle, in that can the 49ers get home with their front four and, and deploy their, coverage guys in the back end, you know, two high safeties as much as they need to against this team. I think that's going to be really key for the San Francisco 49ers. I like that matchup for the 49ers. But before we make our predictions, are you a little bit surprised, Kyle, to see the 49ers favored as much as they are? And like, look, when you're when you're like betting on a game, I look at this and I say, man, I don't know how this game is going to go. I think we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams. So neutral field, that means it's probably a coin flip for me. But then when you put the 49ers at home, okay, you get a field goal. You get that extra point. I'm almost like, how gold is that extra point? You know, if you're getting four points instead of three. Yeah, so I'm not surprised that San Francisco is favored being at home and Miami having to come out to the West Coast and they're going to stay out there for the two-week trip because they have the Chargers the following week. So this is like going to be a big to-do, you know, and this being at least on the front end of it, you're, you're a little bit more routine with your schedule, but Uh, Miami has not been on the road in about a month. So, you know, this is kind of a little bit of an interruption versus their flow in general. And uh, they they had to knock a little bit of the rust off coming out of the bye against Houston uh, this past week as well. You know, in spite of what the score in the first half would tell you in that game, I think there were some timing things that the Dolphins would love to get cleaned up. And with the question of Teron Armstead, uh, I take all those pieces of the puzzle together, and I'm not surprised that San Francisco's favored. And these are two teams that are playing really good ball right now, right? So uh, San Francisco's won, I believe, four in a row, going from three and four to seven and four at this point. And Miami's won five in a row. So um, what do they see? Defense wins champions, championships, right? So maybe that's part of the line here as well. But, uh, yeah, this, this to me is going to be the turnover battle third down conversions, red zone conversions to touchdowns, like all of those cliche things. Like this is a game where they're actually going to mean it. Like you have to win those things to win the football game. I don't think you could get down in the red zone and settle for threes and expect to win this football game. Because I do think generally speaking, points are going to be a little tougher to come by. I I don't think this is going to be a 40 to 35 final score. Uh, I'm thinking like 24, 21 or 2017 is probably going to be when it's all said and done, how, how the, the final score ends up laying out here. Croc, do you have an official prediction for 49ers Dolphins week 13? 
Oh, man. Uh, this is a tough one because you don't know which way it's going to go. We talked earlier about kind of both of these teams, and is there a case of fool's gold? I think they're both good, right? Uh, Miami Dolphins have not lost a game that Tua has started and finished in it. 49ers, they're on a four-game winning streak right now. Dolphins on a five-game winning streak. When you kind of look at the teams that both of those teams played during that streak, it's like, well, it's not super impressive. But I do think both teams are, are really good. I think the 49ers have a good team, and if the 49ers – are what we think they are, then I'd say they win by three, but I'm not taking them minus four at all. Like, I, I'm not doing that. Now, my only, I guess, pushback against myself on that is they've done a really good job, kind of, especially as of late, of covering whatever the spread is. So some spreads where I'm like, oh, man, nine and a half, that's too much. It's like, no, they win by 20. Oh, man, 10 points, that's too much. Now they win by 13. So uh, I guess maybe if you're a betting man, you kind of go with the trends of what the 49ers have been doing and covering those spreads, but it kind of scares me a little bit. I'd say if the 49ers win, it'll be by a field goal. Well, Croc, is it going to be a 3 nothing game then? Because the 49ers don't let people score. We know that. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't let uh, Colt McCoy and Andy Dalton score. You know, it's a different task when you got Tua and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill and these guys can catch a five-yard hitch, make one guy miss, and I don't think Talanoa Lufunga is going to catch a guy sprinting down the sideline. How about 27-24? 27-24 Niners. That's what I got in this one. So I'll give you your I three. Would, there, I would kind of be here for the 4 nothing final score with two safeties, though. That would be pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty amazing. Cut, get a push on the cover and – and no touchdowns that are no points. Otherwise that'd be fun. Uh, if I'm betting with my head, you know, Miami having won five in a row and having to make the West coast trip, I'd probably take San Francisco by a final score of 20 to 17 is what I would settle. What if, if I'm betting with my head, if I'm betting with my heart, if you can see the layout behind me here, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, right? Like there's no secrets here and I'm a superstitious guy. So I'll lean into it a little bit. And I'll take the Dolphins. I'll say 21-20 is the, uh, the teal and orange colored glasses slant that I'm taking on this game. But if you tell me at the end of the day, San Francisco at home has the bounce of the ball that's going to make the, uh, the, the difference, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Last well, time we uh, saw Miami play the 49ers, in, that was in Santa Clara, right? That was ugly. That, that was one, disastrous. <laughs> Fitz, Fitz magic. magic looked like Dan Marino. I was, is that Marino? Matter of fact, I was at a tournament in Arizona and I'm watching it on my phone and I'm like, this can't be real. Like this can't be real. And I'm watching it and it's just touchdown, touchdown, bombs away on a guy named Brian Allen, pass interference on a guy oh, named oh. Brian Allen, throws the ball in between Jimmy Ward and whoever the other safety was. And I mean, it was just disastrous. Hopefully it's nothing close to what that game looked like. I was having trouble at first visualizing what that game was until you brought up the name Brian Allen, and then I realized I had just scrubbed that game completely from my memory. Uh, that was <laughs> that was a disastrous one for the 49ers. I, I can't wait for this one, guys, because uh, we talked about the opponents, the Cardinals and you know whatever the Rams are now and the New Orleans Saints. Is the 49ers' defense that good, shutting people out in the second half of four straight games, shutting people out for the last six straight quarters? The the Texans and the Browns and I believe also the Rams, right? Who the the teams that uh, the Miami's Miami's also tagged in this win streak: Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Chicago. Oh, Detroit, right. Cleveland, and and uh, Houston this past weekend. 
So like, are, are they just mediocre offense against mediocre defense or are these, these for real? So like, I can't wait to, to see what this looks like. They're definitely not mediocre, but they're good. But are they as great as the stats make them look over the last four weeks? So that's, what's going to be fun to find out. I think on Sunday and bet online has the coverage of the lines ahead of this matchup. This is Bet Online All Access. It's the Dolphins and 49ers on a Sunday. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas. Miami heading way out west of the Bay Area here to take on the 49ers. Anthony, the Niners are three-point favorites. Yeah, and the Dolphins have been a great story. Two has been unbelievable. But the 49ers know how to play ball in December. I'm going to roll with them. I'm going to uh, lay those points and take the 49ers. I'm taking these points with the Dolphins, man. I, I love Tua and everything that he's doing. And I just think they're they're too much to handle for this 49ers offense. Yeah, Tua 14-2 and two in his last 16 starts. How do you guard Tyreek Hill? A little sensei versus the grasshopper coaching matchup here. Kyle Shanahan against Mike McDaniels. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Give me the points. Three with the Dolphins. Thanks, guys. Be sure to get Dolphins, 49ers, and everything else you'll need on our full episode of All Access at BetOnline's YouTube channel. BetOnline, where the game starts. Now from Locked on Bets, here's Lee Sterling. This is Lee Sterling from Locked on Bets and Paramount Sports with your BetOnline prediction for the game between the San Francisco 49ers at home laying four points on Sunday versus the surprising Miami Dolphins. Now, most people, when they look at this game and look at the breakdowns and the matchups, the first thing they think of is how will the San Francisco defense defend Tua and his two-star receivers, Hill and Waddle? Important matchup. But maybe just as big of a question mark is how will the Miami defense, which has been suspect at times and not played as well as the San Francisco defense, which is not allowed a touchdown in each of the last four games, how will they match up and defend a dual threat wide receiver like Debo Samuel who runs and catches the ball? So that is a big problem here for the Miami defense. And on top of that, they have not faced a star tight end like George Kittle. So I think Miami's defense is going to have their hands full. Also, their offensive line, left tackle position, their star left tackle, Armstead, looks like he will be a no-go. So I don't know how they're going to block Nick Bosa. Last week after he went out, they gave up Four sacks late in the second quarter, two in the third quarter, and then huh, they just held on after that 30 to nothing lead to win 30 to 15. One other factor in this game, Jimmy G didn't play great last week after having maybe his best game of the season the week before. I've never counted on Jimmy G to win three games in a row and look great. So him by maybe having a little bit of a subpar game, I think he turns it back on for the national audience here. I'm going to lay the four points. San Francisco wins and covers 34 to 24 over Miami. For more, subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. You want to know how it works, right? You pick two to five players, and if they go on and score more or less than your Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. No competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. We're talking any sport NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football, men's college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, the WNBA, esports. They've got it all NASCAR, boxing, you name it. It's on Prize Picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. So here's what we need you to do download the Prize Picks app 
or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code LOCKEDON. What's up? Oh, I'm just compiling all the top sports scores, news, and odds so I can make the very best picks. Me too. BetOnline.net. Get into the action anytime, anywhere at BetOnline.net. Maybe the Jeff Saturday shine is starting to lose its luster, or maybe the Colts were just never that good. Indianapolis has just four wins, sitting three games outside the final wildcard spot, and never seemed to find that 2021 running rhythm to carry the offensive load this year. For Dallas, it really just comes down to winning the games when they matter. The playoffs are always on the agenda for the Cowboys, and yet they always manage to frustrate the fan base when it matters most. With three straight games against teams below 500, the path has never been clearer for Dak Prescott to break through and cement his postseason legacy. Over on Bet Online right now, I believe the Cowboys are 10.5 to 11 point favorites. Uh, just depending on when you're listening to this, Jake, how do you envision this game going? Yeah, the the, the Colts are the biggest underdogs of the week over there at Bet Online, and I can see why. Um, it tends to not go well when I give the Colts credit and and show them confidence in that they'll do well. So I'm going to go against that this week. Um, I just really don't see them being able to match up well with the Cowboys. I have the Cowboys at 24 to six. Uh, the, the Colts have really struggled to score points at times. Uh, it appears the Achilles heel of the Dallas defense is the run defense mm-hmm. and the Colts will try to establish that. But if they can't, then Dallas's past defense, I believe they're, they're the top ranked or right there near the top. Uh, it could get ugly. Uh, their, their pass rush. They've got a really good group of pass rushers. The Colts haven't protected well, almost regardless of who they're playing. So uh, this could be one that's ugly. Like you had mentioned, there's kind of some hidden factors. Uh, short week for the Colts on the road. The Cowboys have had the rest home and home. Uh, stuff like that can matter. And, man, I mean, the the Colts ha- have some some times where they can, again, like we mentioned, Chiefs, Eagles w- was a game they should have won. So this is one they could randomly surprise people and do well. I just don't envisioning it happening if it's if it's gotten to my head, I say twenty four to six Cowboys. So we've seen the Cowboys over the last month or so just let teams hang around. Uh, the Giants had a lead going into halftime against the Cowboys. Um, the Bears, despite the Bears being not a great football team, uh, they hung around against the Cowboys despite Dallas scoring on I think six straight possessions. Detroit was close with them in a game early on. Cowboys will do this. They will allow teams to to either have leads or be within a score for most of the game. And typically by the third quarter, like mid to late third quarter, they start to pour it on. But if the Colts can run the ball and Jonathan Taylor can rip off a few big runs and if they can get a lead and if they can avoid the silly sacks and the turnovers, I won't be shocked, Jake, if this is a 17 to 14 game that the Cowboys are down by going into the fourth quarter. Like that wouldn't shock me at all. And it also wouldn't shock me if three drives later, it's 35 to 17, something like that. So I think this game is going to be close for a while. I don't think it's going to be one where you can go to bed at halftime, knowing what the outcome is going to be. I think this is going to be a tighter game than we 
maybe should expect. That's that eleven point spread is pretty massive, though. It is. It is. Um, I mean, that's that's been the Colts' ball game all throughout the season, though. Those tight, those tight games into the teens, you know, into the late third quarter or so. So what you just said, that's that's been very reminiscent of the Colts' entire season. So, won't surprise me either. Um, I would I would just expect the Cowboys' offense to have a little more firepower. The Colts' defense has been great, but last week against the Steelers, they did show signs of beginning to crack. You know, you can only carry the team for so long. Yep. Uh, if, if the Colts offense keeps having these three and outs, these turnovers, you know, giving giving the defense a short field, keeping them on the field constantly, then it it could get pretty ugly. It, it just totally depends if the Colts play to what their potential like sometimes they do, but a lot of times they do not. And you just never know what team you're going to get on a uh, on a given day. All right, just to recap, uh, we're really curious to see how the Cowboys perform as a double-digit point favorite in this one. If you are a Super, super Bowl-caliber team, go take care of business. Don't let the Colts hang around. For the Colts side of things, it's just can they play better under Jeff Saturday? Can they figure out a way to keep things close? Can the offense get a little bit better? Keeping an eye on that. For the matchups, we're just we're really watching the offense and defensive lines for both teams in this game. How does Micah Parsons perform? Where does he line up? Can the Cowboys block DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart? The answer is no. Jake, you and I think maybe this game does end up being a little tighter than expected. We both think the Cowboys will win. I'm a little bit more op- or pessimistic that the Cowboys will be able to blow them out. You have them winning 24 to six. Is this the last Colts primetime game for a while? Please tell me the answer is yes. It's not. They have uh, oh. they have the Chargers coming up as well, and then you know the, I I think they have one or two that could be flexed. Which I mean, there nothing will nothing will go go uh, go their way on that. But uh. it is not going to be the last time they grace your TV on primetime, which is rough because Jim Irsay really has fought for those primetime games in recent years because it's been a while. Like I, yeah. I think Monday night was the the first Monday night home game since 2015. And man, this was this was just not the season to get all those games because they had like four or five primetime games this year. So not uh, not the best time for that. The Kansas City Chiefs are on a five game win streak and have all but locked up the AFC West. No one in the NFL has scored more points than Patrick Mahomes. And Sunday should be another great battle as the Chiefs travel to Cincinnati, where the Bengals will look to push their winning streak to four games and target the division leading Ravens. Plus, Joe Burrow has Jamar Chase back and ready to roll down the stretch of the AFC playoff race. Ryan Tracy and Chris Clark from Locked on Chiefs join James Rapian and Jake Lisko from Locked on Bengals to preview Sunday's showdown for us. A point that I've made on Locked on Bengals recently, the, the Bengals have been doing better and better as the season's gone on at avoiding those third and long situations. And that has been, I think, a big point of emphasis for them is early down success. They started out the season and, and they were just pretty dreadful for probably the first two, three, four weeks of the season on first and second down. Since then, I think they've been much better as they found more of those answers and and more ways to be more consistent off on offense from a success rate perspective in terms of staying ahead of the chains. And all of that to me fits together with game script. I, I think that are they going to hold the chiefs to three points in the second half again? If they do, I don't know. No, I'll, I'll have to do something no. crazy, man. You, because you can't expect that, right? Like that's just—it's insane. It's insane it to think about. And and so because of that, I'm going to talk about the same things I talked about when these teams played in the playoffs, which is the Bengals can't go down early again like that again and expect to get back into the game. 
because it just doesn't seem like something like you said, James, you can't expect to do that. That being said, staying ahead of the chains to, to keep that NASCAR package on the sidelines as much as they can, I think very important for the Bengals, although Burrow has been playing, as we've talked about on Lockdown Bengals, with excellent timing for the last few weeks, especially even when there has been pressure. So that'll be fun to watch with Chris Jones, who, I mean, it's been a murderer's row, Chris, for the Bengals' interior offensive line lately. It went from Cam Hayward to Jeffrey Simmons to, to Chris Jones in consecutive weeks. And uh, that, that'll be a big test for those guys. With that being said, let's dive into predictions, guys. Uh, obviously, James, you mentioned the Chiefs favored on the road in this game. Chris, how do you see this game playing out? Uh, I'm trying to remember is the line, what, 51 and a half, I think, uh, yep. is about what I saw it was. I have to take the over on that. <laughs> I will say that up front. <laughs> uh, I do think this is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm really curious. And the biggest thing that I'm curious about in this game is this is going to be a measuring stick for Kansas City. And what I mean by that is they went out and made all these moves, at least from what it looks like to me. They went out and made all these moves with their draft, trying to chase – the Cincinnati Bengals to an extent. Uh, I'm not going to say that they didn't look at other teams and figure out other places they needed help as well, but they went out and got new corners and they focused on that corner class. Uh, they went out and added a wide receiver. They went out and added a pass rusher. They went out and tried to improve their defense as well. So I think that that's going to be a big question. How big does this defense play into this game? Uh, when you start looking at the different guys that they added, uh, I still think Kansas city, but, you know, at this point, with the way Mahomes is playing, with the way Travis Kelsey is playing, and assuming Juju plays, I still think Kansas City is probably going to put up 31 points. Uh, I see a 31-27 Kansas City. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Um, and to me, as you were talking about the revamped secondary and all the new pieces, I, I think, oh, man, this is what a great test for this Bengals offensive line because – it's one thing to, to go up against a, you know, Jeffrey Simmons and no Danico Autry last week and, and have your best performance of the season. But just because they didn't have the nine sacks that the Titans had, they constant pressure, right? And they were able to dial up different things. And Burrow got hit a ton in the AFC title game. And it just, it's different when you're celebrating at the end and you kind of forget about it. So can they hold up? You're talking about the 35 sacks for the Chiefs, the Bengals near the, the bottom of the NFL in sacks with 17. And so the last thing I want is to give Patrick Mahomes a bunch of time uh, to spread the ball around. And so coming into this week, I've leaned Chiefs uh, and I was leaning Chiefs. And look, Jamar Chase coming back, will he play a full allotment of snaps? I'm not sure. Uh, that's, uh, that's a big factor because when he's on the field, might be in – loaded with skill talent on both teams, right? Might be the best skill player on the field. And, and that's debatable. I know with Kelsey, I'm not Chiefs fans. Don't come at me. He's a Bearcat. Relax. Point is, is uh, if you don't have him for a full allotment, it's it's going to be tough. So I'm leaning Chiefs in a close one. We'll see. I'll, I'll give the, the official prediction on on, on our, our final show, but I am leaning Chiefs, Chiefs as of now. One X factor in this game that we haven't talked about at all, James, you just brought up. The Bengals pass rush, Patrick Mahomes, if you can get pressure there with four, that's the kryptonite for every quarterback. Mahomes, oh. obviously a magician in the in the pocket, but with, with DJ Reader's return, if the Bengals can't yeah. find a way to man manufacture pressure with four, and a lot of that's going to be on uh, uh, Trey Hendrickson's shoulders, sorry, going against Orlando Brown out there. That will be interesting, and that brings me to one last question for you, Chris, really quick. Joe Tooney looks like he was back at practice. Is he is he returning 
to action this week for the Chiefs, do you think? I do think he will, and I think that that's going to be a, a huge key in this. I think he plays very well for Kansas City, and I do think he's going to be back this week. And the other thing I would mention when you t- start talking Patrick Mahomes and being a magician, the, the bigger thing that I think the Bengals need to watch for is they need to keep him from running. They need to keep mm-hmm. the rushing lanes dialed in, and they need to be able to keep him from running. If they can do that, that's going to change a little bit about how he can play. Bet Online has the coverage of the lines ahead of this matchup. Welcome to Bet Online All Access. It's the Chiefs and Bengals this weekend. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas. A lot of playoff implications in this matchup as the Chiefs head to Cincinnati. Right now, Anthony, the Chiefs are two-point road favorites, and the total's 52 and a half. Yeah, two quarterbacks that like to sling it. I really don't feel like this is going to be a ball-controlled game. I'm going to go with the over in this one and take uh, and, and take the points. I'm going to lay the points here. With Look, they got my guy Isaiah Pacheco. Welcome to Bet Online All Access. Welcome to Bet Online All Access. It's the Chiefs and Bengals this weekend. Here's Drew Butler, Anthony Becht, and Jonathan Casillas. A lot of playoff implications in this matchup as the Chiefs head to Cincinnati. Right now, Anthony, the Chiefs are two point road favorites, and the total's 52 and a half. Yeah, two quarterbacks that like to sling it. I really don't feel like this is going to be a ball controlled game. I'm going to go with the over in this one and take uh, and, and take the points. I'm gonna lay the points here. With look, they got my guy Isaiah Pacheco from Vineland, New Jersey, on the, on the squad. And then you got the goat tight end and Travis Kelsey. I just think they're too much. Lay the points. I'm taking the Chiefs. The Chiefs only two point favorites. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, five game win streak. Give me the Bengals. I'll take the two points with the Bengals at home. Everybody's gonna be on Kansas City. Thanks, guys. Be sure to get Chiefs, Bengals, and so much more on our full episode of All Access at Bet Online's YouTube channel. Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's show was also brought to you by Audible. Audible is releasing a slate of new football podcasts that we're sure you're going to love. Find Think Like a Champion now wherever you get your podcasts. Think Like a Champion is a brand new podcast from Russell Wilson and Audible. Russ is a champion on the field, but off of it, we rarely know the grind on the path to greatness. Russell Wilson, alongside co-host Harry Wilson and the late Trevor Mawad, dig into how high-performance athletes, artists, and leaders push the boundaries of their potential. So head over to Lockdown Presents for a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcast. It's available right now. Audible. Get in the game. Well, it's not often we talk about a Tom Brady-led team being below 500, but lucky for the Bucks, the NFC South is a bit of a mess this year, and a 5-6 and six record puts you in the division lead. With just two wins in their past six games and a tough schedule ahead, burying the Saints is a necessity to remain in control of their own destiny. Now, on the other side, the Saints are 4-8, and eight, but just one win out of the division race. Andy Dalton has played surprisingly well after seemingly having his starting days long behind him. All the same with the lack of balance on offense has left this team on the losing end more often than not. Prediction time. Bucks favored by three and a half in Raymond James Stadium. Loser has to take the pirate ship home. Ross Jackson, who do you think is going to win this Monday night football matchup? This is one of those games where I have no idea how this game is going to go, if I'm being 100% honest. Like, there is this no. really cynical part of me that's like, oh, well, the Bucks are just going to run away with this one. But I also know how weird Saints and Bucks games are in Raymond James Stadium in particular. 
the 9-0 shutout last year with Taysom Hill at the helm and Dennis Allen as the interim That's head coach, gross. the 38-3 blowout before that, you know, the, the year before that. Uh, we see a lot of weird games, last-second things, weird stuff always happening in these Ray J games. Uh, this, the Saints have not found a way to win two games in a row, which this week is a good thing for them because they lost last week up against San Francisco right. 49ers. And so the table. when we talk about like a three and a half point spread, the over under is at like 38, 39 and a half. So you're looking at like a 21 to 18. That's probably the fastest I've ever done math in my life. <laughs> um, 30, like a 21 to 18 game. So yeah. I'm going to I'm going to play. I'm going to look at the New Orleans Saints who are intent upon continuing to compete playing spoiler or trying their best to play spoiler in this game. I think ultimately they come up short. But I think that they give this Bucks team a little bit more of a run for their money than they expected and that any of us expect. So I'll take the Bucks to win here, but I'm going to take it like 21 to 20. I think this is like a Bucks. I mean, Bucks might be literally finally giving Tom Brady the opportunity to lead the game winning drive. They should have let him lead last week and giving yeah. and, and that ending up being the difference in this game. It's hard for me to pick the Saints to win, but I'm going to pick the Saints to be pesky and, and potentially upset this team. Yeah, and if you take the against the Saints against spread, you 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 make money off of that yep. over at uh, Bet Online. So yep. I think it's an accurate depiction. And honestly, and I said this on Locked On Bucks. Some people agree, some people don't. That's the way this tends to work. But I think Todd Bowles wants this to be a defensive-minded team so bad that he's willing to handcuff his own offense to make it come to fruition. And I don't mm -hmm. think he's necessarily doing it on purpose. Like he's not staying on the sidelines saying, "Okay, well, I don't want Tom to throw a touchdown here because right. then." everyone will think it's Tom Brady and not Todd Bowles. That's not what I'm saying. I just think he's so ingrained in his defensive-minded strategy that he is inadvertently handcuffing his offense because typically yeah, defense trusts his like defense on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And they like to grind out the clock. They like to run the ball. They like to, you know, they like to do those kinds of things. So I do think it's going to end up being a close score. Um, honestly, I kind of think this game should be a situation where it's like a touchdown lead and, and the Bucks have the ball with the ability to probably try to run out the clock and, and get some first downs, but they don't because they end up in like third and eight and run the ball anyway and then put the defense back on the field and maybe New Orleans gets a late touchdown or something to make it closer than it even should have been. But I do have the Buccaneers winning, not covering the spread, 24-21. Uh, of course, if that spread drops, which sometimes they do, um, then, yep. then perhaps they, they will cover the spread. But the way that I have is going, it's still a close game, still a one possession game. Um, and, and I'm sure that Bucks fans will be very happy. Um, they won't. And I don't necessarily blame them. <laughs> Look, not to get all Nick Casario on everybody, okay? But we, I, I know we have a little fun with this type of an episode because both these teams are not very good right now. But look, it is December football. And December right. football is always exciting. And, you know, next May, we're going to wish we had some December football to talk about. Not, again, not trying For to sure. get too Nick Casario 100%. on you here. Uh, but another chapter in the Bucks saints rivalry, um, according to Saints fans, not a rivalry, so I apologize. Um, but for the Buccaneers, look, the, the biggest storyline for me, Ross, has to be whether or not this coaching staff is going to get in the way, um, not just out of Cleveland, but there's been constant complaints about running on first down too much uh, and handcuffing this offense with short passes. 22 straight plays, Ross Jackson, against Cleveland Browns. The Buccaneers either ran or threw the ball short to start the game. Ooh. That is a defensive-minded coaching staff. Yeah, 100%. It takes me back to the Saints game back in like 2016, 2017 against the Bills where they ran like 24 straight times. It was a thing of beauty. But that ended up being a blowout. So that, that, that's why they ran the ball that many times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, biggest story for me with the New Orleans Saints comes down to what does the quarterback play? 
look like? And can Andy Dalton get over the hump when it comes to those primetime games? Look like he's going to continue to be the guy throughout the, the rest of the season here until we hear otherwise. We were told to expect that to be the case. And so uh, it's going to be Andy Dalton versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, which I know is dealing with some injuries, but it's still mm -hmm. a very, very aggressive defense. It is a Todd Bowles defense after all. And uh, Andy Dalton has not handled pressure very well so far this season. The Saints offensive line is dealt with injuries. So the offensive identity running through Andy Dalton is something that has been a big time struggle for this team so far. And uh, curious to see if those struggles continue, especially with primetime. Absolutely. But then we look at these matchups. I mean, Andy Dalton versus primetime is a matchup to watch. Mm -hmm. And uh, as much as the as much as the coaching staff has gotten in the way of Buccaneers success, I do expect them to do some self-scouting, some soul searching, and maybe come out with a little bit more of an aggressive game plan. But you still have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the mojo in this game. The Saints are still, again, one regular season win does not undo everything else that has happened. Uh, you're coming off of a bad loss, especially out of a bye week. You have a losing record. Tom Brady's at risk to have his first losing record as an NFL quarterback ever, including the year he tore up his knee because Patriots won that game. So technically he's 1-0 and in that season. Right. Literally has never lost to Tom Brady, this guy. Uh, so Buccaneers versus the Mojo. That's not as as that's not as much of an X as an O thing as you can take to film. But I think that is one of the key matchups for this game for the Bucks. Yeah, it's going to be a big one. And for the Saints, the one that I'm looking at is going to be the Saints corners up against the uh, Tampa Bay uh, wide receivers. We'll see if Marshawn Lattimore is able to make it back for parent teacher night. Uh, otherwise, it's going to be Paul Sanadibo and Alante Taylor over on the outside. <laughs> They're going to be matching up with some very talented uh, wide receivers in uh, in Tampa. And they did a great job against San Francisco. Can they carry that success over uh, into uh, what will be a big-time game and a big-time matchup for both of those young corners? Yeah, at the, at the end of the day, no matter what happens off the field, in the headlines, in the, in the media rooms, the game is played on the field. And when the game gets played on the field, I think the Buccaneers find a way. I think Tom Brady finds a way to Tom Brady this thing for the Buccaneers and they pull out a three-point win and keep their hold on the NFC South. Because, Ross, if they don't and the Falcons win, then the Falcons are first place in the NFC South. Weird, yeah. And after all the trash, we talked to Aaron Freeman at the divisional roundup in preseason. We cannot let the Atlanta Falcons take first place in the NFC South in December. What a weird year we're in. I've got the Bucks here uh, also getting it done. I think Tom Brady takes the controls back from Todd Bowles. Uh, it, it, you know, for a game-winning drive, potentially, I've got them uh, just barely getting the win with a last-second drive, twenty-one to twenty. So not covering, or yeah, not covering the spread, but the Saints not getting the win either. All righty. So we both have the Bucks beating the Saints. Saints fans will be very unhappy about that. But Saints fans, you also have social media. Saints so you can fans tell are, us. are realists too, though. Like they, they, they yeah. know. They know what's going I, on this season. I see a lot of, of reflecting on better times on um, oh, from the yeah. Saints fans that I see on my social media feeds. And and I appreciate that because, you know, when 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 the team isn't giving you a reason today to be happy, find your own reason to be happy. Celebrate the good old days like when the Dome Patrol was 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 out and about. That's why I got this over here. This is this is for them. This is for them to always Absolutely. have something. <laughs> something positive to look at every time we do we do one of these episodes absolutely from locked on bets here's lee sterling this is lee sterling from locked on bets and paramount sports with your bet online prediction for the game on monday night between the tampa bay buccaneers at home laying four points against the new orleans saints now first game of this year tampa bay won when they matched up and they won 20 to 10 but if you look closer into the game Jameis winston was the quarterback that day. He had three interceptions and two were just huge mistakes on his part. Also, even though the Bucs won, they only had 13 first downs in the game. 
watching the Saints last week when they played in. They didn't score any points, but they moved up and down the field. They have the fewest takeaways on defense. They have talent on the defense. Doesn't make sense. Also, number one in giveaways and number four in most penalties. I think they're on the cusp of maybe having a nice run since they're under the radar now. And also, how about this trend? They are 12-0, and are the Saints as a division underdog getting three points or more. In this case, they're getting four points. We're going to ride them here. The wrong team is favored. We're going to go with the New Orleans Saints here. They win outright 27-21. to 21. For more, subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Week 13 will separate contenders from pretenders in several divisions while also providing some late-season drama across both conferences. Each and every week, we'll continue to bring you all of the insight and analysis from across our Locked On network. Thanks so much for joining us this week. I'm Jordan Black, and this has been NFL Key Predictions.